0: You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Sluts and Scholars.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Sluts and Scholars is a sex-positive, shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter. While we love to give advice and resources, please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy. Support for Sluts and Scholars for this episode comes from Manscaped, who is number one in penis owners below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you or your partner's family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code s S-A-N-D-S at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code S&S. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, where we talk smart and fuck smarter. I'm Nicoletta, and I'm a marriage and family therapist and sexologist.
0: And I'm Simone, Nicoletta's friend who is a law student and really just likes to talk about sex. This week, we are joined by Lucy Fielding. She is a queer, kinky, non-binary femme... Her pronouns are she and they, and is a resident in counseling practicing under supervision in Charlottesville, Virginia. She received her master's in. Counseling Psychology at Pacifica Graduate Institute in 2018. She also holds a PhD in French, mais bien sûr, from Northwestern University, where she specialized in 18th century literature, the history of sexuality, and erotic literature. Her background in literature and history attunes her to the many ways that myth, image, metaphor, and cultural scripts shape and inform the narratives we carry with us as we move through the world, as well as how those narratives intersect with with, and write themselves on our bodies. In addition to her clinical practice, she is also working on a book project through Rootledge entitled Transsex, Clinical Approaches to Transsexualities and Erotic Embodiments, late 2020 publication.
2: Hi! Hello! Wow, I sound all official. Yeah. We
0: should call you Dr. Fielding.
2: Oh, I I think... I think the board of counseling in, in Virginia would have something to say about that, but oh. I don't know. I'm fanning my bosom whenever I hear that. So that's okay.
0: I like <laughs> when you fan your bosom.
1: Yes. Simone just likes to call everyone like by some type of like mastery title, like doctor, daddy, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Daddy, <laughs> Dr. Daddy. <laughs> Dr. Mommy, whatever you want to be. Well, technically I'm a mommy, but you know, yeah, yeah, but that's you know you're not Simone's mommy unless you want to be. A no, kid. I'm not Simone's
2: mommy. No, no.
1: <laughs> it's good to set those boundaries. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, before before we started this. Um, I met Lucy at the ASECT conference, I think, last year, but saw you again at the ASECT conference this year. So for people who don't know who that is, that's the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. Um, And Lucy's lecture room was full. Um, I literally, well, basically, if you go to certain lectures, you get continuing education units, which you need for your license and things and so the room was full and i had to say that i had already went in so that i could sneak in over capacity so i didn't get any ces but i was able to see your lecture um and it it was very very wonderful good man oh
2: wow well that that was some good maneuvering i'm well i'm i'm really touched by that that's cool
0: what were you presenting on
2: so I uh, I was presenting on um a piece of my book um it's one of the concepts that I introduce in in the book and it's one of the centerpieces a clinical stance I call it um that's part of my model it's called coming into passionate relationship with the embodied sexual self. Quite a mouthful but like I'm Yeah, what does that mean? To break it down. Okay. So it refers to, it's basically making, turning an interpersonal dynamic, the passion-intimacy split that folks like Esther Perel, um, Stephen Mitchell in Relational Psychoanalysis talk about, you know, this, this split between passion and intimacy. And how intimacy is about knowing, and it's about connection, and it's about closeness. And it's it's lovely, it's cuddly, it's snuggly. And um passion is about not knowing, it's about risk, it's about fantasy, it's it's all the NRE stuff, the new relationship energy, limerence, however you want to call it. And and so it's it's all about mystery. And for folks like Esther Perel, um it's a dynamic where you know, there's this paradox where the beginning of a relationship is marked by a passion dynamic, and as you as you nurture connection, um, you start slipping into an intimacy dynamic, which is great. Too comfortable. Neither, yeah, it's comfortable. Both are great, but um, folks generally, especially in long term relationships, will will often describe feelings of of Oh, you know, it's kind of feeling stale or I feel like I know everything there is to know. It it feels rote in a sense. And so um the the way that passion is reinjected is by creating distance. It's by, you know, um understanding that um the person that my partners are um are endlessly unique i mean you know and that they have so many facets to themselves
1: the way that you showed this in your presentation was um lucy handed out a bunch of objects to the audience and had like one person holding the object closing their eyes so they couldn't see what it was um and they had to sort of sit with another person and then guess what the object was uh and so i had what i thought was like a really easy one it was like a river rock And so we did the exercise for a while, and I, like, got the river rock, and I was like, okay, duh, this is a fucking rock. Like, how long do I have to sit here, like, holding this thing? I already know it's a rock. I love rocks. I know. I was going to be like, that's so perfect for Nika. I was like, I know everything about this rock. And so I, like, didn't sit with it for very long, like, examining it. I was just kind of, like, you know, playing with it in my hands. And then Lucy said something um, in sort of the processing thing afterwards that was, like, how often we think we know something because of our like projection of what it is. I don't know exactly yeah. how you said it, but the way I took it was like, just because you think you know something doesn't mean there isn't more to like discover about it. So the same is true for a partner. Like even if you've developed that comfort, um, there may still be something you don't know about them. And I think the reference you used was like the Pina Colada song, which I have since yeah. used with clients <laughs> because I think it's such great. great. Um, maybe you can like, Say why the Pina Colada song?
2: Okay, the Pina Colada song, and I have had to listen to that song on repeat.
1: so many into. times I know you're you probably so into. sick of it. Listen to that song on repeat. I
2: fucking <laughs> love that song. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's a great song. Maybe not like on the hundredth time, but like you know in a row. But like, yeah, um it, it's you know it, it sticks with you, and and you know if you've ever actually listened to the lyrics of it it's like it starts off it's this couple in bed and and you know and he, he describes um it's man and a woman in bed um he's reading the newspaper and personal ads and he's like looking over and he's like oh you know it's he describes his partner as a worn out recording of a favorite song you know it's like uh eh, you know i was tired of my lady was the way he talks about it. And, and then, you know, so he reads this personal ad. It's do you like pina coladas? Getting caught uh, in the rain. Dunes rain. Yes, getting caught in the you're rain. You're not into yoga you. if you have
0: half a brain, if you like making love at midnight. Oh my gosh, you're going to give love Lucy like PTSD the flashbacks. The one that look for Write <laughs> to me and escape. <laughs> yes.
2: You are amazing, Simone.
1: Is that trademark? Do we Are we allowed to say the lyrics?
0: Yes, it's like citing a poem. Stop <laughs> at yes. my boobs. I was staring at whatever
1: red was on your bra.
0: That's from when I was a sexy tampon for Halloween. It's paint. Anyway. (laughs) So back to the escape, worn out recording.
2: So worn out recording, favorite song, these things. And, um, and so like he responds to this personal ad and he shows up at the bar and, you know, lo and behold, the person who walks in, the person from the personal ad is his partner. and, they sit down. They start talking, and they're, you know, just kind of surprised by all of this. And he says, "And I want to slap him ev- through the through the speakers every single fucking time." Like he says, "I never knew." It's like, and and there's a part of me that that just wants to chest. I was just, "You never asked, you motherfucker." Um, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, you know, like I'm I'm listening to this, and I'm being like. You know, this is such a common dynamic in relationships. And it's such a common relation. It's not just our relationships with others, with our partners, with our friends, where we trick ourselves into this idea that we kn- know everything that there is to know. It's that we do this with our own bodies and our relationship to ourself. Mm. And so, coming in a passionate relationship with the embodied sexual self is about bringing it to the, back to the self. And creating that that distance, that passion um, in the body, um, making it mysterious again, and um, at a site of delight and possibility, and alternative ways of being and sitting with and seeing and hearing. Um, you know, I always think about like the there's an Oscar Wilde quip, um, you know, to love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. And that, for me, is what coming into passionate relationship is. It's, it's a lifelong romance with yourself, with your body, because our bodies are fucking magical.
0: We were talking about that yesterday. We were on a hike, and we were just happy with our, our magical bodies. But um, before we move on on how you come into this embodied self, you mentioned getting so angry at him when he says, I never knew. And you're like, well, why didn't you ask, motherfucker? But <laughs> how would you suggest, sometimes I struggle to find out what questions to ask. And I don't know that I didn't ask a question until I find out I didn't know. And so it's yeah. kind of this, this interesting paradox where we should figure out what to ask, but you don't know if you forgot to ask till, till it's too late. So how do we get around yeah.
2: that? I, ask. I think it's this process of just like, if we know the dynamic to continually bring things back to the relationship and to and to just keep in mind that you will never know everything about your partner or about yourself really and what and what they or you are capable of um and and i think because i, I think essentially the 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 piece of this is that we're all all the time going through transition a transition is you know is, is about a change of state, and you know our bodies are constantly changing our relationships are constantly changing and you know and it's keeping that in mind um that you know we 're going to get sick we 're going to get well we 're going to acquire disability we 're going to acquire illness we 're going to um get pregnant, have menopause, all these things, you know, and that's that's really exciting. That's the 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 questions that one can ask oneself and and put oneself in that exciting moment of like there's always a new relationship to be formed with mm-hmm. our bodies and with our partners.
1: I think if you're if you're feeling stuck on like where to start the conversation, there's um I mean, these are somewhat, some of them are sexual, some of them are more relational, but there was that yeah. excitement around those, like, what was it, like 30 questions to like fall in love with anyone? Oh my God. Um, yeah. Article. And yeah. so I think um, there are many like that, but that can be a place to start. Um, I, I did that on a long road trip with my partner, and it was like definitely stuff that I hadn't heard before there's also like some cool sexual inventories or like apps yes. where you can enter like what sex stuff you're into and then it matches it with your partner um, totally and so, so that
0: can be a safe way to like admit something but not like find out they're super weirded out by it because only the things that match show
1: up yes or there's just ones that you can write out and do together and then mm-hmm. talk about it and i think like lucy's saying like stuff changes over time So it can be helpful to use that as like a barometer to check every couple months and be like, Oh, have things changed? Like, how are you feeling? Like a, like a sexual temperature taking or like a relationship temperature taking. So there are ones out there. I think auto straddle has a pretty good one. That's like kink and
2: LGBT friendly. Um, Bex Caputo has one that's, that's wonderful. Um that I, I Yeah, really and love. those
1: are kind of like, che- they're a little cheesy because then you could be like, oh, like, let's do this questionnaire. But then it has some good prompts to like awful. start the
2: conversation, and, I like, think. Those
0: fucking 30 questions. I'm so yeah. glad you brought that up. I forgot. About- Have you done them, Lucy?
2: I haven't. So now oh. I'm, I'm going to Google this. Oh my yeah. gosh.
0: So it was, this, it was this New York Times thing. It was like, make you, de- designed to like make you fall in love. And this person did it on like first dates, but doing it with your partner, like I did it with a partner like, multiple times like we were never able to get through it because you know every like four questions you're supposed to just answer quickly but um well he was a talker and (laughs) uh we just got into these like really long you're a talker I mean I know it was a very complicated relationship (laughs) um but yeah
1: just another plug for those another fun one I heard um Oh, who told me about this? Uh, oh, Isabella Frappier, who we had on the podcast before, who does the Sex Magic mm. podcast. Um, she said that wow. her and her partner um, played each other clips from their favorite childhood movies and shows, um, and then mm. talked about. It. We did something similar, Simone and I, the other day, of listening to like favorite childhood music. But I think that's a good gateway to like learn about like someone and where they come from and like what they were like. Yeah. Especially when they were more yeah. creative as a child.
2: Yeah, yeah. So what, what were the childhood songs? I'm, I'm curious <laughs> now.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, okay. Mine, well, I started, I really wanted to listen to a lot of the Neverending Story because I just watched Stranger Things. I don't know if you've watched it.
2: I, I have not. I, I confess that like anything horror-ish Will just like get me every time. Like my imagination just like puts myself in it. It'll be nightmares forever. It'll well, be that's kind of
0: wimpy because that's not even that scary.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> hey, that's cool. Um, so mine was yeah about so never funny. ending, never ending story, um, labyrinth stuff. I think I also yeah. um, what what else was there? Eiffel sixty five. Oh my gosh, yeah, Eiffel sixty five. But not <laughs> I'm blue. Like the rest of the album um, yeah. hyperlink. And, yeah, all, like, really non-educational songs. And then Simone kept playing, like, what, what was his name? His name is Tom Chapin. And if you have children, or even if
0: you don't have children, um, he is one of the most incredible musical artists ever. <laughs> he can write songs about anything. And my... Like the picnic
1: of the world, and the like, world. I like he big l- words l- it's or it's whatever.
0: can can, and he just lists all the countries and talks about how we're all at a picnic together, and like we all have ants running on our sandwiches, and we're all eating the same burnt-up burgers. It's the picnic of the picnic of the picnic of the world. And then another song <laughs> that I played, which also by Tom Chapin is called "Great Big Words," And it's all about loving words.: <laughs> I get to nerd of every syllable. It's
2: lovely. Big words yours be god well you know um basically the entire soundtrack to labyrinth definitely (gasps) and and yeah yeah i knew knew that's
1: why we we liked one another yeah
2: yeah yeah. okay well coming back to you you... yeah sorry
1: no it's okay i just feel like simone and i could go Yeah, Simone and I could yeah. go on and on about about ourselves. So I want to make sure that we <laughs> yeah. come back to you.
2: Um,
1: so okay. I'm, I'm curious how you've done this in your own partnerships. So like, yes, it sounds great and all to be like, yes, let's be curious. Like, mm. that sounds amazing. But like, how the fuck do you do that?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so I can tell you what it's been for Me personally, and that, and it's been about just like it started out with just like um very trial and error of just like surprise. Like, um, doing I I do aerial dance for um self care, and the first time I did it, what kind of dance,
1: aerial dance, aerial aerial fabrics?
2: So, like in the silks, yeah, (gasps) yeah. That's impressive. and <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm really bad at it. It's like the freedom to suck at something, like mm. really madly, deeply suck at something. Um, and, and I do, but it is so fun. And I do it like three hours a week. And, um, but like the first time I did it, I, I inverted and, and after, you know, I came off of it, I like collapsed in the grass and literally had this was before hormones, before any, I mean, you know, very early in, in my transition, um, gender transition, and, um, and I just collapse on the gla- grass and start having this, like, full-body, 15-minute orgasm, and, and it's like, oh, holy shit, my body can do that?
1: Wow! Whoa! I'm I'm yeah. so jealous because I did I tried aerial arts and that did not happen to me. I just felt miserable and like laid on the ground because I couldn't move. But that sounds spectacular.
2: <laughs> it, it was such a surprise, I, you know, and 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 I, I I just couldn't believe it. And and there there were witnesses. You must go upside um,
0: down every day.
2: I try to. I try to I spend mean- as much time suspending myself upside down as possible same (gasps) yeah yeah haven't haven't had the full body orgasm like that um through silks again but through through other means and you know there's the, the there's the 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 archetypal energy of the the second adolescence that we talk about you know and and how like adolescence is supposed to be this awkward time and certainly like you know high school and adolescence was not my favorite time the first way through. But um, it was pretty miserable. But there's also this period of just like, again, holy shit, my body can do that? Um, Where you're leaning into the awkwardness of, I don't know what this is, what this body is. I'm going to think of it in different ways. Um, I encountered... um, there's a sexological body worker, Betty Martin, and she has this series on um, the Wheel of Consent. And the first video, um, I think they're, they're free through YouTube on, on her site, and uh, the first video has this exercise about basically mystifying your hands. Um, you know, we think about our hands as these objects that, that grasp or that give pleasure and she really places it in terms of, you know, how can we take pleasure with our hands because our hands, our hands along with our lips and our genitals have the most nerve endings in our bodies, you know? And so like they're incredible sites for pleasure, but like you have to engage in that, that what I call revisioning of, of the body and so that was that was another clue that was another thing that I did and so it's like taking it from the hands to how do I um how do I think about my genitals in a different way how do I think about my breast tissue or chest tissue in a different way um, how do I use my body my full body in ways that I never knew to think about the thing that that I love is is you know being a member of the trans and non-binary communities we are ingenious and resilient as fuck we know how to macgyver just about anything we've had to we 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 have to um but and you know it's like muffing you take something that's like basically if you're someone with. Testicles, it's like what basically, if you've ever had like a hernial check, um, that's what muffing basically is. It's like pushing, it's using the inguinal canal and the the wall of the testicle to what Mirror Bellwether calls invaginating um the the inguinal canal with the with the testicles, so making it go back up. And you know, anyone with testicles um has that capability um but like you know how many cis men are doing that
0: wait so like what are you doing you're pushing the testicles back in. yeah
2: so but like like into your body
0: sort of but like because before they drop they're in and you can just put them back for a little bit
2: like yeah they they descend and they ascend um so you know um so the process of tucking for example is also about Usually, putting the um, the testicles back in through the inguinal canals. It's where are it's, the inguinal canals? So um, basically, like, um, so everyone has them, but only folks with testicles can really access them pretty easily. And so they're right, see that they're kind of right below the pubic bone, and the way that. I access it is, is, you know, you, you move in and then kind of corkscrew, um, corkscrew to the, um, either to the right or to the left, depending on which inguinal canal you're, you're invaginating. So I'm,
1: I'm writing this down so we can do a post about it. I'm yeah. like trying yeah, no. so hard to get into my inguinal canal, right? <laughs> Simone's yeah, really no, looking you, for it.
0: <laughs> and also when you were you, talking you, about mystifying your hands, I was like stroking my hands with my thumbs. And honestly, I like, feel like I came close to coming, so I had to stop.
1: <laughs> Sorry for the interruption, but please accept these discount codes from our sponsors, Manscaped. While we love and support all body hair options and what you want to do with it, it's also important to check in with your own and potential partner's needs and desires. As a femme person, there's a lot of pressure to clean up my body hair. But you know what? I appreciate a partner who is open to my preferences too. And for some of you, that means trimmed pubes. Why should femmes be the only ones who are expected to landscape? That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their sexy and ergonomic Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag any nuts, or whatever you call your genitals. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code S&S at manscaped.com. Also, we know some of you slutty scholars love the natural smell of sweaty balls, but for those who don't, Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code S&S at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com while using the code S&S. Enjoy the episode. Yeah.
0: It was right? so interesting.
1: I mean, I love yeah. the idea of of embodiment, and maybe you can answer this for for yourself, but not for everyone. I don't know, but... When you're transitioning or before you're gender transitioning or doing any sort of like gender affirming process, mm-hmm. if you don't like your body, how do you get embodied? Because I know a lot of folks who could benefit from like this embodied practice, but they don't like their genitals or they don't like their body because they don't want to be in it. They think it's wrong. Um, and yeah. so the idea of like being embodied seems so painful.
2: Yeah. I, I, you know, and there's, there's a lot of cultural scripts that are, that are acting on us. Minority stress is acting on us at all times. And we, you know, tend to you know, have a fair amount of, of trauma in, in the communities. And so, so we're swimming in that soup. And so a lot of us, a lot of trans and non-binary folks have um, what Laura Jacobs calls, you know, complicated relationships with our bodies, to say the least. And, you know, uh, I think that it is a lot of folks, um, find that like decentering the genitalia is the way to go, um, to get into that, that sense of safety and embodiment in their bodies. Um, certainly like, um, a kink practice is really wonderful for that. And, and that's, um, Because, you know, so much of it is about, is either about non-sexual touch or sexual touch that doesn't necessarily have to uh, involve the genitalia. Um, But it's also, you know, with respect to the genitalia, it's a a slow process. It may be, it may involve renaming and kind of rethinking. So like, you know, um, Nicoletta talked about that. Sensate mapping exercise that I did at the workshop. And, you know, it really is about like, I don't know this, this part of myself, this, um, my genitalia, you know, I know what it is supposed to do. Um, I'm, I'm told what it's supposed to do and how it's supposed to work and how I'm supposed to interact with it. and um you know, how can I interact with it in different ways? Um, how can I find ways that, that feel very affirming to me? So like, you know, um, the clitoris and the, and the penis are, are biological homologues. And so, you know, really you can, um, and there's plenty of erectile tissue in both with both glands, um, the glands of the clitoris and the glands of the, the penis. And it, it is, it's, they're, they're wonderful, stimulating places that are, that are just a playground for different kinds of touch. Um, and especially like thinking about like, you don't have to have an erect penis. You soft penises are fabulous. You can have mm-hmm. mind blowing sex with a soft penis. So you can have mind-blowing sex and not get anywhere near your genitalia or the other person's genitalia. So it it's really all in gaining in comfort with yourself and and, and being experimental, um, being exploratory. But it is hard when when you're especially when you're coming from a place of, of trauma, like it's hard when I mean, I am a survivor of sexual assault, and and certainly for me, uh, there was a period where I, I really just lost touch with my body, um, you know, and and it was was a painful period for me of just like it was just wasn't a safe place for me to be again, um, and it took me a a while. It took. Um, took a lot of personal exploration it took really wonderful partners who were just so patient and lovely and yummy and affirming um there's there's something so exquisite when you're really truly fully deeply seen by a partner Mm -hmm. um you know it's it's Like, I don't have a vulva. Um, I call my genitalia my clit, Um, and so like I when I introduce partners to how I like to be touched, um, I will generally say, you know, I like um, I like this kind of stroking. I like um, I like this kind of tickling. I like this kind of if there's if you're going down on me, like I can I can tell when. When a partner is going down on my clit and when it's a blowjob, um, mm. it's a completely different energetic sense um, that I have.
1: On that note, do you need some ideas for how to enhance your energetic experience? We think this new Audible Escape subscription discount will be perfect for you, slutty scholars, to enhance your knowledge. If you love love, you'll love Audible Escape. Audible Escape is a monthly subscription that provides unlimited listening to thousands of romance stories. Sometimes we all need to check out, and this subscription allows you to escape from the everyday with a steamy romance. Lose yourself in the most popular love stories of our times. Might I recommend a trip down memory lane with Pride and Prejudice, narrated by Rosamund Pike? You don't need to have an existing Audible membership to sign up for Audible Escape and can utilize unlimited listening to love stories for just twelve ninety five per month. Join the community and listen free for one month. Download the app to explore the love stories by visiting audible.com slash s to get started. Remember, the more you buy with our discount codes, the more we're able to sustain our show and keep making content. So to get started, just visit audible.com slash S and S. Again, that's www.audible.com slash S-A-N-D-S. We hope you enjoy. Yeah, that's so great. I mean, I, I feel like all the points you're making right now seem like they should be so important for every therapist and every health practitioner. To, to know and to be able to explore with clients. Um, and so I wonder, like I want to hear about the book that you're doing and sort of the lack yeah. of research that we have on non-binary and trans bodies. Like what's yeah, missing and I, what do we need
2: more of? Yeah, I mean, there's so much missing. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, we're not involved in, um, in research design Um, we're not involved in the research questions. There's. So most um, of it
1: now is for like cis persons and then it's sort of just like extrapolated to like, this could apply to trans people too, probably.
2: Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I love, like, for example, Emily Nagoski's Come As You Are. Incredible book. I love it. I recommend it to just about every client I see for sex therapy, but um, and, and she has this, this section at the end of her introduction where she says, you know, when I say, you know, when I say woman, I'm generally referring to cis women or folks with, with vulvas. I can't, uh, there just really isn't the research base. And she feels really bad about it. I mean, I've, I've talked to her numerous times, I mean, you know, about, about that, that paucity of, of research that concerns Transsexualities and and it's just not there, and so trans folks have to be uh, going back to this. We have to be ingenious. We have to MacGyver these these texts for our own use. And what I would like to see is a shift where we're flipping the script and and suddenly like cis people are learning from us and extrapolating from our experience and and the ways that we're relating with our bodies. Um, And um, I think that that's needed. I mean, you know, it's like, again, how many cis folks with penises, um, you know, have, have even considered that, that they can have sex with a flaccid penis or, um, or engage in muffing. Um, You know, it's, it's, you know, I was having lunch with with a friend of mine who's uh, a cis gay man the other the other week, and uh, you know, and, and he was like writing copious notes, and you know, I just imagined that he was going back to his partner and having like mind blowing sex the next uh, that night, you know, and trying out muffing, you know, and and this is this is exciting. He he has the equipment for it. Um, you know, this this can be a a game changer. I mean, I think about folks we talk about erectile dysfunction and and you know in um, scare quotes and and you know this what if we thought of flaccid penises as magical and that hard penises are not the the default i think that what we need to be learning is that every body is an imaginable body and is imaginable as a sexual being um and that's that's i think one of the the really important things here is um mm, is being able to see yourself and everyone you meet as a sexual being instead mm-hmm. of um you know i think. Um, the way that Adrienne Murray Brown talks about it is, you know, these fearful imaginations that were, that were beset by fearful imaginations. And what I would like to see is an expansion of our imaginations, um, you know, that there's so many, so many times we, we code certain bodies, you know, usually cis, het, white, thin. Um, high SES,
1: able-bodied,
2: uh, able-bodied bodies as as you know desirable and desire able. Um, so having the capacity to even desire and, um, and and or so have ha- pleasure, like pleasure able. Exactly, exactly, pleasure able, and and yeah, to be a pleasurable body. Um, and so. You know, it's it's about really shifting into that, into that imaginal space of, like, everybody is potentially magical and has something to teach us.
0: Yeah, so I can see going about that on a personal level and, like, striving to either, A, check myself when I'm um, dismissing somebody as, like, a, a non-sexual being – but Or also just like looking for the sexual beingness in everyone and honoring yeah. that. So yeah. I can do that on a personal level. But how, how do we do this cultural shift? Because that's um, almost like an inside secret thing. Not secret in the sense of shame, but how do you tell people you're doing that? And how do you encourage other people to do that aside from... Listening to our bomb ass podcast,
2: reading Lucy's <laughs> <Yeah>. book, <laughs>
1: and, and listening to you
0: is really what I meant.
2: <laughs> well, and modeling, modeling is a huge thing. I mean, you know, how do we how do we get good sexual communication practices out in the world? We model it. Um, you know, we we strive for sexual liberation and and equity. Juno Diaz talks about, you know, we have to decolonize. um, I can't remember the exact line, but it was like from a speech in 2012. He talks about decolonizing um, desire, I think. And, you know, um, and that's a practice that we all need to to work on. But like the way that um, I think about speaking, for example, and, you know, it's like the advice that give you is to imagine your audience naked. I imagine them as sexual beings. I imagine that like there's 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 a lot going on that I that I don't that I don't know. And you know, when I am approaching a partner and you know when we're talking about about making out or heavy petting or um, you know any kind of sexual touch um you know it, it it really is about approaching from a place of really gentle ethical curiosity you're coming into it with the the sense of you know i uh, i'm i'm not going to ask my partner to educate me on the fly um <laughs> um because that's not all that fun but there but to know like what is it about how our various identities mixed together and and how those create um both intersections of oppression but also intersections of potential desire and desire ability
1: this has been so amazing um, I want people to be able to to find you, to hire you, to become <laughs> your client, to bring just you in listen as a speaker. To
0: your voice speak beautiful words. I am just in <laughs> awe.
1: Yeah, you you are a great speaker. I find it's so interesting because you're somebody who who pauses instead of saying um and like, and I'm someone who says um and like and doesn't pause. Yeah, fucking same. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway think. Think. yes so how can people find you um how can people stay tuned to your book for when it comes out
2: sure thank you for asking so i'm on instagram as at lucy fielding i'm on facebook lucy fielding and um um my website is lucyfielding.com so you know it's uh, i'm pretty easily found um, there's a blog with my uh, at with my website I'm not really <laughs> updating it right now now that the the book is i'm is full steam ahead with that um the book will be turned into my editor in less than a year um and then i am so hopefully by the end of twenty twenty um you should see it on bookshelves um but yeah I'm really excited it's it's kind of it's it's so exciting and it's going to be the first book of its kind and and I'm really excited to to share this with the world. And I I think I I do want to say and and um you know a lot of this what I've spoken about today I mean is it really comes from my own personal experience um and as a as a non-binary femme. Um, who has undertaken um, feminizing HT? Um, but and so that's my idiosyncratic perspective. I'm also 41, um, and uh, and in a rural environment, and and a mental health professional. And so, like my experience is going to be very different um, than than. many others. And so like I I just want to leave space for that and and make sure that you know people are, are are not taking my own choices as um you know the only way that there that there is. I mean certainly one thing that I'm really excited about with the book is that so many of the resources that are out there in the world, um particularly community resources, um, and zines are really targeted towards um, trans women and femmes. And what I'm really looking for is to expand it so that we're really talking about transmasculine folks and and non-binary folks, writ large, and um, you know a, a wider range of perspectives and experiences, and also um, including voices that are not. Um, you know, middle-aged and white, um, and so um, because you know you've heard quite enough of of <laughs> middle-aged white trans women, um, you know,
1: and we're happy to
2: hear your voice. We're, we're in happy this to hear my voice this particular podcast, and, that's great and, and uh, yeah. you know, and I also want to make space for for others mm. and to constantly um, do that work um, because I. You know mine is is a very particular experience and 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 I think that that's one of the the challenges of being um being a trans therapist is also this this fact of like you know like I am not the expert on on you know how your sexuality lives in you. I can't possibly be that I make, I'm going to make different choices. Um, you know, I chose not to pursue any kind of bottom surgery or or top surgery, for that matter. Um, you know, I don't really um, blending is not a value that that I that I really cherish. I I'm I'm I like fucking with the binary as much as possible, um, despite the fact that I I know that I present in a very high fem manner. Um, you know but you know i'm going to make different choices i i live a different life and i have different challenges um and intersections of uh, oppression and privilege so um yeah
0: wow well thank you so much for joining us this was a a truly wonderful conversation and um we hope listeners you're enjoying it as well i
1: can't so- wait to find my inguinal canal
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, unfortunately, I, I, I hate to tell y'all, but like, um, un- vulva holders do not have access to the inguinal canals. Whatever, I'll just I'm put something so in my sorry. butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, totally. I will, I'll
1: find it on someone else who has testicles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah on yeah. that note, thank you so much,
0: Lucy. As always, um, if you want to stay up to date on everything that we're doing, you can find us on Instagram at sluts and scholars. Where maybe in 2020 we'll do a giveaway for Lucy's book. Um, yeah. Or on Twitter at Sluts Scholars. You can email us at slutsandscholars at gmail.com. And if you really, really like what we're doing, there's two things you can do to keep this podcast coming to you. The first is leave a review and rate us wherever you listen to your podcast, if that's Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever, please rate and review us. And also, you can come support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash slutsandscholars. Thank
1: you.